Ephesians chapter 4. We left you off. We left you off talking about putting on and taking off. Y'all remember that? Do you? All right. So because of what time it is, um, I'm not going to apologize for the Holy Ghost moving. We're going to pick up right at, um, well, but verse 24 is where we left off. Left off. He that put, uh, and that you put on the new man. Everybody say, put him on. Which after God has created righteous and true holiness. So you got to take off the old and you got to put on the new. Remember I gave you the illustration. If I went to the gym or worked outside, got all sweaty and stinky, and then I just went in and put on a clean shirt and some clothes to come to church, you would still smell me. Because when I go to hug her, she won't let me. She's like, you stink. Um, and, and so that's the deal with sin. Sin makes you stink. The old nature and doing things the old way makes you stink. And so that's a spiritual thing. It's very real. And so we got to put on the new. How do you put on the new? Well, you're born again, but you got to take off the old. Amen? All right. So verse 25. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that he, that, that, that he may have to give to him that needs. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, grieve not. The Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed into the day of redemption. So we're going to see how much of this we can get through. But how many know this is it, the order it comes, and so this is the order you get. And so the Holy Ghost moved the Apostle Paul writing to the church of Ephesus. Ephesus was one, uh, Timothy was the pastor of it, of that church. It was a huge church. They'd suffered a lot of persecution. Jesus mentioned this church in the seven churches of Revelation. Uh, someday maybe we'll look at that again. I believe those are seven distinct churches. I do not believe they represent seven different church ages. They were written uh, to the churches, and you and I can learn things from those churches. He had good things to say about them, uh, but in every church, I mean, the church of Ephesus was a, a great, strong church. That's why this is one of the meatiest books in the New Testament, but he still had something to say to them. He said to repent because you, we don't want you to lose your first love. Right, And so now he's writing to them, and we're getting things, and it's for us. And so the first thing we're going to look at, let's go back to, wherefore, putting away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. So speak everyone the truth, the word of God, with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. So everybody in the room, you could turn to your left or your right. There's your neighbor. And what are you supposed to speak? Every born again, you're supposed to speak the truth, which is what? The word of God. And so we can't talk the word of God all day. Well, you'd be surprised. You could talk more of it than you probably think you could. Now, you can't talk the word with everybody because someone who's not born again, they have no interest in the truth. Now, listen to me. There's a whole lot of lying going on. Now listen, and we would like to say, now, now someone who's, uh, y'all remember the Holy Ghost just moved, y'all. Uh, remember, like in the church, though, you can't expect someone to fall in nature to tell the truth. Not about God and really not about anything. Even in the educational system, they, tell, they teach that it's okay to lie. Because there's situations where it's better to lie than to tell someone the truth. But we've gone over this. If you ask me a question and it's point blank and you won't get away with it, you won't let me, 
then you're going to get the truth. We have a little system at our house. You know, she asked me, how does this thing look? And I'll just say, if she, instead of saying, you look terrible in that, that's not my favorite. Then she know, and she'll do the same. Well, she's a little more direct with me. But, but you understand. Um, you are not wearing flowers in her shirt. Get that off. You know, that's that kind of stuff. Kind of like that. Anyway, no, it's not that bad. She's, she's never has. I'm trying to get him with me because I'm about to, I'm about to, I need to give him a little laughter because we're going to get real serious here. She had, but we do, t- but, but you, we shouldn't lie to one another. You know, back in the day when you had the landline, anybody old enough to remember landline phone instead of a cell? So when you answer the phone, now this never happened at my house. So now I, I, I don't, I, I've heard, I, I did the Bible Institute thing a little wrong. Bible Institute, the Lord's really helped me out. I just brought it, she, I stretched what she said. I lied. Hallelujah. So I uh, shouldn't do that. And then now my mom's going to think I'm telling on her. I'm not talking about our house. But do you all remember when somebody called as a child and said, I want to talk to so-and-so. And you're like, who, who, find out who it is. And then you put your hand back over the phone. So I say, tell them I'm not here. So you even teach your children to lie. So there's a whole generation that grew up. Now you got a cell phone, you can just ignore it if you don't want to talk to somebody. But my point is, listen to me. We're of the truth. And we don't need to exaggerate. Even about facts. Now, today, you can't hardly get a fact. And so you have to use your heart and go to 10 sources to try to get a fact that is true. And if you don't think so, you're mistaken. And so God has a high value on the truth. His word is truth. Let's look at some of this just really quick. Really quick. John chapter, like, what's he going to do? I'm just going to tell you what the word says. That's it. I'm going to quit trying to be funny. All right, John chapter 8. Oh, you guys don't have notes. Candace don't have no notes. John, because you couldn't have followed them. Followed them. John chapter 8, verse 44. John chapter 8, 44. What are we supposed to do? Everyone say, put away. So who's that on? It's you. You got to put away lying. Remember, we had to take some things off. Now it's getting specific what to take off. Number one, put away lying. What is that? Anything that's not the absolute fact or the truth. And Because this is what Jesus said. You are of your father, the devil. The lust of your father you will do. He's a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he spoke a lie, he's speaking of his own. He's a liar and a father of it. Now listen to me. Um, let's look at some other ones and then I'm like, I'll make comments. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter six, uh, chapter six, Proverbs chapter six, verses 16 through 19. Help me out, Lord. Hallelujah. Proverbs six, 16 through 19. These six things does the Lord hate. How many know Proverbs is the word of God? How many know just because it's the old covenant doesn't mean we shouldn't read it. He has not changed his mind about these things. Just like the Ten Commandments. He hasn't changed his mind about those. Oh, one of those is lying. These six things does the Lord hate. Isn't that strong? Seventh, the seventh is an abomination to him. Let's read on. No wonder the Holy Ghost fell. A proud look and a lying tongue. So what does the Lord, everybody say the Lord hates a lying tongue. Why? Because it's of its father, the devil. 
There is no lie in God. There's no, he, he speaks only the truth. And so um, we, we, we shouldn't lie. We shouldn't exaggerate. Oh, let's keep going. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22. Proverbs 12, 22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. I'll just be honest, we have a situation at our house and one of the guys that were trying to help us get some finances, he's like, well, I could say this. And I said, no, you won't. No, you won't. Because it's not the truth. I used to be an accountant. Well, it's not cheating unless they find out. Why would you? Why would you? That means you're trying to do it the world's way. Little wink and a nod. Hallelujah. That's all right. Remember, we were just shouting and rejoicing. I know not too long ago. You you all can handle this. Colossians 3.9. Colossians 3.9. Colossians 3.9. Lie not to one another. Seeing that you have done what? Put off. Everybody say put off. The old man, the old nature, that's, you shouldn't be surprised when people who are not born again lie. It's part of the nature. And when your children, you know, when they get to a certain age, you know, um, I mean, it's young. And, and you've got you've to start working with them. Pastor Rhonda uses a great example and, uh, uh, about cookies and stuff. But, but I'll use me as the example. You know, if she bought some cookies, which I'm not eating any of right now, but if she bought some cookies for her upcoming, like a women's ministry or, or you know, or, or, oh, it was your turn to get the monthly cookies around here. Oh, the monthly cookies are good. So, so if, we'll do it this way. We'll keep Pastor Ron. Now, if, if I was in the break, if I was in our room back there and, and, uh, Somebody was walking by and they heard me open the cellophane bag of the oatmeal raisin, my favorite cookie that I know comes very well made from the particular place that we get it. And I open it up and I'm trying to be sneaky because, you know, I'm not eating carbs or whatever. And, And then Bethany comes by and she's like, Pastor Mark, did you eat? A rose, an oatmeal cookie. I can't even say it. I want it so bad now. An oatmeal raisin cookie. And if I had a raisin falling off and some oatmeal, it caught in my beard. And I say, no. Well, that's a lie. Adam did it. Eve did it. Why? Because before them, the father of it, they had just yielded to him. And they begin to do that. Y'all, it's something that we got to fight against. I'll just give this advice. This is advice to parents. If you've got young children, one of the things you should be most concerned about and try to get them not to do is lie. Amen. There should be a, a harsher punishment for lying at your house than almost anything. And when they tell you the truth after they've done something wrong, there ought to be some reward, even if there is some punishment. You should teach them early. Lying 
is detestable. God hates it. He don't hate you. He hates it because it's from the father of lies, the devil. Amen? So that's what Ephesians says. All right, let's move on to that one. Hallelujah. Let's see what's next. Verse 26. Everybody say, I, I, let's, before we go on, let's say this. Say, I will not lie. I will speak the truth. All the time. Because people will try to back you into a lie. Hey, you remember when, this happens all the time. You remember when thus and so and that, you know what they get from me? Nope. I don't, if I don't remember, I don't remember. I'm not supposed to tell you I remember to make me not look bad. If I don't look, if I don't remember, I don't remember. And if I don't remember it the way you remembered it, I'm going to tell you the way I remembered it. We're preaching now. Verse 26. Verse 26, Ephesians 4, 26. Be angry and sin not. So be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. So anger is quite around us these days. Everybody seems to be angry at everything. They're angry at the drop of a hat. I found in dealing with people, especially in the service industry, if I just be nice to them, I stand out. Um, because kindness, the law of kindness ought to be written on your tongue, but it also should be written on my tongue because Jesus is kind and God is good. And that's what we should be reflecting in our community. Especially if you've got a cornerstone t-shirt on, you better be nice. You better be kind. If you have a cornerstone, if you've been wearing your Bible Institute shirt and then going out to a, a restaurant, you better be the biggest tipper they had that day. Don't be leaving them no $20 paper thing that teaches them how to get saved. I remember I was with dinner with somebody that, and they had one of those, and they gave it. And, um, and then, you know what they're going to do with that? Even if they're born again. So I saw they did that, and the 20 bucks was all I had. I went back after that person left, and I put 20 bucks on the table. Be kind. Everybody say, be kind. So if you're going to be kind, you're not going to be angry. Now, so, and, and so let's talk about this, because I hear this a lot from preachers. You need to have an, a righteous anger. Is that a thing? Well, it is kind of a thing. God was angry uh, in the old covenant. He was angry with people. Remember him and Moses were fighting about whose people they were and who's going to kill them and, and all that kind of stuff. And then there was a time Moses was angry when he came down off the mountain. He was angry with them, broke the Ten Commandments. So there is a righteous anger. Jesus was righteously angry. Yeah, I remember. Um, let's give you one of them. Um, uh, Mark chapter 3. Let's just read it. Because I, I want to make sure we cover this. But let's cover it. So the Lord says, uh, be angry and sin not. So you can be angry and not let it get into sin. Okay? But how? What do you have the right to be angry about? Are, are you with me? Woo, hallelujah. Y'all good? I'm gooder than you are. Um, Mark 3, 1, and he entered into the synagogue. Mark 3, 1. He entered again into the synagogue, and there was, uh, uh, there had a withered hand. 
So remember the guy with the withered hand. And he watched him whether he would be healed on the Sabbath day and that, that they might accuse him. So the religious people were saying, is he going to heal somebody? Is he going to heal somebody? Is he going to heal somebody? It's the Sabbath day. You know, we don't do that on the Sabbath day. And he said unto them, to the man with the withered hand, he said, stand up. And he said unto them, is it law? So right now he's dealing with the man, but he's also poking it to the religious. And he said to them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? But they held their peace. When they looked around about on them with anger, being grieved. So it's all right to be grieved if someone is opposing the things of God. Because that's what's happening here. Being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. So that they, he was grieved at the hardness of their hearts to God. It's okay to be angry if their heart is hard to God. It's okay for you to be angry, but you're not, but, but, but this anger, I'll show you something else. Here's a second. Um, he, so he said, um, so he was angry, being grieved with the hardness of their hearts. He said unto the man, stretch forth your hand, and they stretched it out, and his hand was restored with the other. But uh, I'm, I'm going to get to that in a minute, yeah. Uh, don't let me forget that. And um, let's look at Matthew 21. This is famous right now. Woo, this is a famous one. Matthew 21, 13. Um, well, so it's talking about Jesus. Let's look at verse 12, 21, 12. And Jesus went in the temple of God and cast them all out that sold and bought in the temple. And overthrew all the tables of the money changers. This is real popular right now. And the seats of them that sold doves. And he said unto them, it is written, my house. He was angry because they were doing something to the house of God. Not every house, no matter what color it is, is the house of God. We have a right to be angry when it's the kingdom. Understanding that those that are not born again are not part of the kingdom, and they do what they do because they have a ba- they have a fallen nature. Yeah. Do we just put up with it? No, we preach the kingdom to them. We love on them. We pray for them. But if you want to be angry and 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 make it righteous anger, it has to be about the things of the Word of God, the things of God. That's the only time it's okay to be even righteous indignation. And it was very few and far between. But it resulted. Watch this. I love, ooh, I love this. Oh, let me. Oh, did I not write that down? I didn't write it down. James. Oh, let's see. Did I write it down? I wrote it down in my Bible because I wanted to keep it forever. Um, where are we? Go back to Hebrews, Mark. I'm talking to you, talking to me. Hallelujah. There it is. James chapter 1. I wrote it because it was so important. I wrote it in my Bible. James chapter 1. So the Lord pointed this out to me. Are you grateful for the Holy Ghost? Hopefully we're going to get to, oh, we're going to have to hurry so we can get to the punchline. James chapter 1, verse 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man, so he's talking to who? James is talking to who? Everybody say me. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man, every every born again man be what? Swift Swift to hear. So what does that mean? So somebody's talking. And what am I supposed to be? Swift to hear. How do you be swift to hear? That means you're not, you don't have a rebuttal while they're talking. You're really listening. Right? <laughs> that doesn't just work with married couples. It must work with married couples. 
Come on. Come on, you've ever been in an intense argument and you're not listening to the thing you say because they say because, you know, you've got, you've got to say, I'm going to say. And you're going to listen to what I have to say. But he said, my beloved brethren, every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and what? So what are we talking about? What are we talking about? What is Ephesians 4? What are we talking about? What are we talking about? He says, um, be angry and sin not. Let the sun not go down on your wrath. That wrath is like the thumos. It's like that volcano that goes off. And what are you not supposed to do? You're not supposed to be angry and sin. And you should never let the sun, not just married couples, go down on your wrath. You should not go to bed angry. I would not recommend listening some things right before you go to bed because it really does have to, it messes with your peace. And it, and it will mess with your beloved, sweet, peaceful sleep. And if you want the Lord to hang with you, he doesn't hang in wrath. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like division. He doesn't like it. And here he said, he said, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. But the wrath of God will work the righteousness of God. Because the wrath of man won't do it, but the wrath of God will do it. What does that mean? When it's really righteous indignation, when it's really righteous anger like Jesus, it works some things. It'll change. I, I'm telling you what, after he turned over those, those tables, they got the house of God. Even before he, was, he died, was rosy, they got the house of God, especially that synagogue. I, I bet you they got it right. It, beca it became. And, and even though Jesus was angry with them, uh, but everybody else got to see a miracle and see the goodness of God. Are you with me? We got to keep moving because th this is just my introduction. I really got to go. Hallelujah. So um, let's get, skip verse 27. Verse 28, he that st uh, stole, steal no more. How many of you know that's a big 10, right? So we're not supposed to steal. Um, the laptop computer from your office is not yours. Those pens are not yours. Those folders are not yours. The stapler is not yours. Unless they gave it to you to take home to work. And then when you quit, it's not yours. The towels at the Holiday Inn are not yours. They're not meant for you to take home as souvenirs. Talk about rob yourself of the blessings of God. Let him that steal, <laughs> steal no more. <laughs> but rather let him labor, working with his hands, <laughs> that thing which is good, that he would have to give to those that are in need. So you and I, how many know you don't work, you don't eat, but we also work so we can tithe, so we can give, so we can bless somebody. Amen. Amen. Let no corrupt, we'll just keep moving. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Corrupt. Now this, if you study it a little bit, it's not just bad language. This is more of the tale bearers. This is more of the gossip kind of stuff. This is uh, corrupt communication. Um, it's akin to the devil, accuser of the brethren. And you don't want to work with the devil. He's the accuser of the brethren. I don't believe he anymore stands in the presence of God and accuses us um, like he did with Job. 
because uh, we've been born again, we're redeemed, and some things have changed from the old to the new in that, I believe. Um, but he uses people, even born-again people. If you hear something, I remember when uh, this one minister comes to mind. He came to us, and there was a rumor going on around about him, and uh, we had him in, and he's like, have you heard? And one of the things Pastor Rod and I tried to do is not hear. Um, you would think that ministers would not be tailbearers, but they're just people too. Amen. Have you heard? Have you heard? And so this guy was like, have you heard? And we're like, honestly, no, we haven't heard. And, but then there was a lot of people who had heard and had talked. And it hurt him very much, and it wasn't true. Amen. And um, so that's corrupt communication. And then everything you hear right now, whether it's outside of the church or in the church, you should um, trust, but you do what Pastor Rhonda says, trust, but always verify. I mean, um, and who can verify the best but the source? Right? Right to the source. You know, oh my goodness. I grew up, um, but I remember when I first started going to prayer meetings, I have to be very careful. Not, I know I do. I have to be very careful. Um, but I started hanging around with these spirit-filled people, and I started going to prayer meetings, and they were nothing but gossip sessions. Hey, let's pray for brother so-and-so. I heard he was down at the Lucky the other day, and I'm sure Sister Sue's not going to like that, but I heard he was. Let's pray for him. Yeah, that kind of stuff, and I just changed the names and the places to protect the guilty or the innocent. I don't know which they were. You got to be careful about that kind of stuff. That's corrupt communication. So it's not just foul language, which we ought, once you get born again, uh, you should not be an F-bomb dropper, a middle finger thrower upper. Be plain. Hallelujah. Sometimes you got to tell people the truth. Listen, uh, you shouldn't be at work uh, bad-mouthing your boss, whether it's anything right or wrong. If you have a problem with your boss, go talk to your boss. What kind of preaching is this? It's just Ephesians preaching. It's right down the row. You see, when you do it like this, you can't skip over it. Why don't you skip over that? Listen, if I'm telling you, i got to live this too, right? Have I ever wanted to let corrupt communication come out of my mouth? Yeah. Have I ever? Yeah. Did I have to repent? Yeah. But we ought to change that. Instead, when someone gets around you, they should want to chat with you. You know why? Because you edify. How do you edify someone? You build them up with the word. You, you, you encouraging. They're down, you lift them up. So people should want to hang out with you. You know, especially now in the, the way things are, you'd you be the happy Facebook poster. Post scripture. Post happy things. Post joyful things. Only like happy things. I don't even know how it works since I'm not on it. Everybody say edify. edify. What does that mean? To build up. And do what? That it may minister grace. 
They come away built up. They come away ready to do something. Not wondering if what you just told them was right or not. You know, and y'all, there's a lot of things going on in the world. And, oh, don't get mad. But they don't concern me. People come, people go. Things come, things go. But the word of God remains forever. And we need to be kingdom people. Yeah, but we live here right now. Oh, he cares. And he'll perfect everything that concerns us. And you do what you need to do. And you do what the Holy Ghost tells you to do in a situation. But ultimately, though, if you're kingdom-minded, you will be kind uh, you won't lie, you won't exaggerate, you won't like to listen to stuff that looks like a lie or exaggeration. Um, you, won't, um, you won't really put up with it. You won't, because you, you don't want to hear it. Um, and um, you, we're not going to be angry people. We're going to be happy people. Who wants to rock, walk around with a thumos all the time? Come on, I told you this. You know, have you ever had that friend? It's just a good ex- illustration all the time. But that, those friends you go out to dinner with, and there's always one who if the service is not impeccable or, they, or their chicken comes out um, just not seasoned right or, or it's not the right, pre, pre, I've had people, presentation, you know, or whatever, or come out in the right order. And they just, they just or, you know, I used to work retail. Oh, my goodness, the day after Christmas. Um, you know, people mad. You know, I, I used to work at I've had all this. I worked at McDonald's as a manager. I've had Big Macs thrown at me. I've been called every name that you could ever think of. Hungry people are mean people. <laughs> they mean. I knew what hangry was before it was a term. I've had French fries and um, <laughs> drinks thrown at me. That was by an employee, my sister. Anyway, so, <laughs> hey, Robin. Uh, um, so, are you with, are you understand? We should look different. We should be different. Everybody say, I'm not going to be angry. What's the Holy Ghost doing right now? He's just kind of helping us refocus. Who are we? Who are we? We're the body of Christ. And we should look a certain way, act a certain way, be a certain way. Amen? And I didn't really get to it because I was going to do all that. Then I was going to go back to neither give place to the devil. All these things around this are what gives place to the devil. I don't know. How many of you uh, have ever been under attack by the enemy? You don't have to raise your hand. How, How many of you are currently under attack? Anybody currently under attack? Yeah. Listen to me. You can't do these things and resist successfully. If you are in a battle then you need to not hear things that make you angry. If you were in a battle, you ought not hang out with brother or sister bucket mouth who are spreading stuff 
in your ears when you're supposed to be resisting the devil. Right? (laughs) Just, you don't need that. Why? When I do these things, when you do these things, and we've all done them and may currently be, you know, because it's so prevalent. And it's so old nature of us. And it's so accepted out there. And sometimes in church. Remember, there's no Bible 2.0. This one's still the one that works. This is still how God designed it. And for me and for you. So I'm working on this. You working on this? So lying? No. So Pastor Mark, you lie. I think we all tend to exaggerate sometimes. Or we just let lies go. Don't do it anymore. I'm not telling you to correct everybody around you all the time. Just, I don't know if that's the truth, so I'm not going to believe that until I find out. You know, how about let's do it from two to three witnesses like the Bible. I'm going to, um, I'm going to speak truth with my neighbor. I'm going to, um, I'm not going to be angry. And with my spouse, with my children, with my church, with my family, I'm not going to ever let the sun go down on my wrath. That means even if they don't um, uh, understand me or even if there's something there, I personally, even they can go to bed angry. We don't do this at our house. We just don't go to bed angry. Just don't be angry. Don't be angry. Just don't be angry. If you're righteously angry, then it will work to something good. Because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Are you with me? All these things give place to the, to the devil who is the father of lie, who is the accuser of the brethren, who stirs you up like a volcano to make you angry about everything you see. What are you doing? What is he doing? He's smart. He's trying to get a place. What is that place? Well, it's a foothold that will turn into a stronghold. Or if you've dealt with something such as um, you've been delivered from, um, you know, anything. If you had a, uh, an ongoing issue in your life and the Lord set you free and you're continuing in his word. But then the devil comes because he just won't let that go. He just won't let your testimony go. He wants to bring it back around. And so when he comes with that and if he finds that you are angry or that you, come on, you got to let people go. you got to forgive. If you've never been to Bible Institute, Pastor Rhonda's Love Walk class, you better go. Because this is a big deal. you got to let it go. I, will not, I refuse. To, we cannot be angry. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to hold unforgiveness. I'm not going to let a root of bitterness get in me. You can, we, we, you, people are trying to sow them, sow them, sow them root of bitterness everywhere you go. I will not let a root of bitterness in me. I've got too much to believe God for. I've got too much i got to do. I, I am not, I am not, I am not. Because I live with the love walk queen and she will not allow it. (laughs) No, really, she's helped me in that. I mean, just little things of like, uh, no, we can't have that. We're not going to have it. Why? Because it's given a place to the devil. And when when he gets a foothold, he's not satisfied with a foothold. You know, it's like going up a mountain or a cliff. I've, I've not done it. Um, I, I, you know, I don't understand why would you climb a rock. Just look at it. I don't know why you want to go to the top unless there's a helicopter. I mean, I'll go to the top if you've got a helicopter or a cable, nice cable ride. I can get up there. But why would I want to climb the face of a rock? So if you've ever seen them, though, when they go up that face of the rock, it's amazing. They find uh, footholds or even a toehold, a handhold. And it's amazing how they can scale a rock. 
But that's what the devil's trying to do to you. He's trying to find all he needs is a foothold. All he needs is a toehold. Because when you give him that, then he's going to turn it into a stronghold. And a stronghold is not demons over a city. That is in your mind. What is that? A way of thinking. Lying's okay. A way of thinking. It's right for me to be angry. If I'm not angry, then people are going to run over me. It's right for me. It's right for me. I got you know, to protect myself. I'm going I'm I'm to tell their business before they tell my business. What are those? Those are strongholds. What are you supposed to do with them? Come have hands laid on you and see if we can't beat them out of you. No, hands laid on you will not fix it. That is, you can't fix a stronghold with the laying on of hands with the anointing. The only way you get rid of a stronghold is to cast down. Who's got to cast it down? you got to cast it down. Cast down every imagination. Take captive. Come on, take captive. How do you take captive wrong thoughts? You open your mouth with the word thought, with the Bible thought. Come on, on this one I know what I'm talking about. How do you get rid of a stronghold? Well, you know, I just believe, you know, the Lord will deliver. Yes, he'll deliver you. Yes, the anointing destroys the yoke. Absolutely. But you got to continue in the word. And you must do something with your soul or you will give a place to the devil and he will turn it into a stronghold. And then that stronghold is what binds you. And you can't resist someone you're in agreement with. Listen, careful, listen, listen, careful. Someone needs to hear me. It's very difficult, even if you use the name of Jesus appropriately. Even if you quote the scripture, I submit myself therefore unto God, I resist the devil in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Listen to me. Many, many years ago, I remember standing in my mom and dad's living room and in the thing, screaming at the devil, I resist you in Jesus' name. I resist you in Jesus' name. I resist you in Jesus' name. But he would not go anywhere. It was almost like he stuck his tongue out me and went, ah, I'm not leaving. And he didn't leave. It wasn't until I did the first part, I submitted. And after I submitted to God, then it was like, just like that, things are going. So when the devil won't leave, one of the first things I look at is, am I submitted? But now as I've taught this for 35 years, I also know that if I give him a place, Ephesians, those places, if I give him those places, then he's got a toehold, which can work into a stronghold, and it's very difficult, even with the best heart, to resist him. Yes, at the anointing. I don't want you leaving here thinking, yeah, if I do give a call for alcoholism or, or addiction of any kind, yes, you come, and the anointing will destroy that yoke. Amen. But then you've got to continue in the word. Yeah. And then I, then I wouldn't help you unless I told you the devil will try to return. At that hurt. So you got to get that healed hurt. you got to get that hurt healed. you got to get your heart healed. Jesus is the mender of a broken heart. Because a lot of addictions come from broken hearts. That people have done something to you. Real, legitimate stuff. Not cover it over. Not just get over it. Oh, just get over it. No, get it healed. And who's the healer? Jesus. He's the only true healer. And then when you get that healed... Then the devil doesn't have a place in you anymore. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Neither give place to the devil. I love what Jesus said. I closed my notes, but I'm going to leave you with this one. 
This is where I'm trying to attain to, and this is where you and I should all try to attain to. John 14, 30. I'll leave you with this. Then you can head out. Hereafter, I'll not talk much with you, for the prince of this world comes, and he has nothing in me. That's our goal. Well, you're trying to be like Jesus. Well, I thought that was the deal. We're trying to be like Jesus. He said to imitate me. Now, you can't do this on your own, but you do it with the help of the Holy Ghost. You do it with good friends, four crazy friends around you. You do it by keep coming. Keep coming on Wednesday night. Keep coming on Sunday. Keep doing what you're doing. But that's the place you want to get to. The devil may try to come, but he has nothing in me. He has no place to put his toe. He has no place to stand. How did Jesus get rid of him? It is written. And that is important, and we got to do it that way. This is a little more, there's more to it. Neither give place to the devil. So those things that we all deal with, we're not going to participate in anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it one more time. Say, I'll not be angry. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm kind like Jesus is kind. I'm good like Jesus is good. Go be good. Hallelujah. Go be kind. Go be compassionate. Hallelujah.